What is going on, guys? Liz here from Learn Robotics. Catching up on my podcast game, I have been grinding behind the scenes. So hopefully you guys are still here. You're excited for today's episode. As you can see in the title, I'm going to be talking about how I failed at the very first career fair as a robotics engineering student. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this is, this is going to be a good story because it's not something that I, I think I've really dive or dove into deeply on any of the episodes. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to relive this experience just because it gives you some context as to how difficult it really is to, to put yourself out there, especially when you're new and you're trying to convince somebody of confidence and experience that you may not actually have. And so before I jump into today's episode, I did want to let you know that if you'd like my help getting a robotics automation or tech career at a Fortune 500 company or an innovative startup so that you can finally level up your earnings, work on the coolest projects ever, and have practically unlimited earning potential, listen up. My robotics mentorship program is officially open. This is a 90-day career intensive where we get crystal clear on your dream robotics job, reinvent your professional brand, and fill the technical gaps so that you can get six-figure-plus careers at the hottest companies on the planet. Interested? Go to learnrobotics.org podcast to sign up. We're going to text a little bit to see if you're a fit and then get you registered if it makes sense. Again, it's learnrobotics.org slash podcast. Now on to today's episode. So I failed my first career as a robotics engineering student, and this was back when they do traditional job fairs. I, I want to say since we are post-worldwide um, flu that we're now actually allowed to go back and do like in-person career fairs. But if you've never been to a career fair, I'll kind of explain the setup that I went to, and this was the scenario that I was in. This career fair was held at my university. They invited like hundreds of employers looking for engineering talent. They each had a table. They would have like banners and flyers and representatives of the companies. They would come and they would speak with all of the students and there would be massive lines. It was just like massive hysteria. Like there was just a flocking of engineering students just all in one place, everybody wearing clothes that made them look like they were professionals, even though everybody was like 19, 20 years old. And you would go there, you'd bring your resume, and you would try to get a job, you would try to get a, an internship, you would try to get a co-op. The whole purpose of going there was to put yourself out in front of somebody and get them to I don't know, have a conversation with you. Really, it was just you're trying to get, you know, a two to five minute conversation and you're trying to be engaging enough where you could get that conversation from five minutes to 10 minutes, 10 minutes to 15 minutes. And then 15 minutes at that mark, if they had a line of people waiting to, to chat, if you had them there for 15 minutes, most likely you would get invited to an, either an on-campus interview or your resume would get put right on the top of the list top of the pile of all of the resumes. And you'd have a pretty good chance of getting a callback for something at the company. And so everybody's dream was to go to this career fair and get an on-campus interview or get as much face time with the actual hiring manager or the recruiters as possible. 
And these, these career fairs, like I mentioned, they are absolute hysteria. Like people are just, the ambiance is like, people are, are almost like mental truthfully. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean that like people are just like losing it. There's the anxiety levels are through the roof. You could almost feel like some people are ready to like start bawling hysterically. Other people are so excited because they just got their dream career. And then you've got the people in the middle that have never been there before or don't really know what they're doing, don't feel confident, don't really even understand how to work a career fair or how to actually go through a career fair and navigate it because they set up these tables and it's everything is numbered and color-coded and you know, you've got rows and columns and it, there's a process to even just going to a career fair. So that's the context in which this story takes place. I was going to my very first career fair. I was in school for robotics engineering. This was, I don't know, maybe two to three months in, um, maybe six months. It's, it's a little bit fuzzy. It's been a little while since I've been in engineering school. But it, long story short, I was you know a freshman engineer, robotics engineering degree, pretty much no experience just went to school, just doing the the core curriculum, went to this career fair. I had, I think, a pantsuit, you know, like just trying to dress the part, trying to show up, give my best foot forward, had a bunch of printed resumes and went and just walked around, talked to various companies, explained to them that I was a freshman studying robotics engineering. And it's like the minute you say the F word, freshman they don't want anything to do with you because they know that you haven't had enough time at the school to actually get any meaningful experience. And the other thing that I was battling with, this was 2011, 2012, is they didn't really understand what robotics was. So it's not like now where if you say robotics and you're an industry professional, you'll get a little bit more respect for robotics because it's being heavily used across manufacturing. It's being heavily used across research and innovation. Um, technology has changed quite dramatically in the last 10-ish years. So I was also facing that. I would introduce myself. I would give my name. I would, I would say that I'm a freshman studying robotics engineering, looking for an internship, looking for an opportunity to work at a company. And they'd be like, robotics? what do you mean robotics? And then they'd be asking me like what robotics was. And then it was like literally conversation after conversation explaining to these people what robotics was. And it was, it was a very frustrating experience. And I think this is, this is a lesson that I teach all of my students and all my clients in my programs is you have to understand who you're talking to and you have to be able to effectively communicate what it is you do, depending on who you're talking to. So if you're talking to somebody super technical and they really know their stuff, they're in the robotics industry, they, they know the jargon, you know, you can hold your own and start having, you know, a tech talk with them. But if you're talking to an HR person or a hiring manager and you're talking about robotics, they just want to know holistically what you do. They don't want you to be spewing off lines of code or reciting some you know, research project that you did on, you know, the optimization of quadrotor uh, wings and, you know, going off and on a tangent about the technical, they just want to know like, 
what is your background? How can you benefit the company? Not necessarily like you just you regurgitating every skill set on your resume. And so the problem that I had when I was at this career fair is I was I was up against the fact that I had very minimal experience, and I was also up against a timeline or a time frame where robotics wasn't quite understood in the marketplace. So what I did from that experience, and I had lots of conversations, is I ended up boiling robotics down to three key areas. And I would explain this after about five times of, of talking to hiring managers and saying like, hey, I'm Liz, I'm a freshman in studying robotics engineering looking for a summer internship. And they'd be like, well, what's robotics? I stopped explaining it like that, obviously, because, you know, why repeat the same things over and over again? and hope that people would understand, I would just explain to them that I was studying um, systems, doing a lot of uh, coursework across mechanical engineering, software engineering, and um, electrical engineering, and giving them something that they could relate to, right? So if it was a company where it was like a heavy... I don't know, industrial, mechanical kind of a role, then I would be really talking more about the mechanical classes or really talking about the um, design or the materials, like relating things that were relevant to those people. And I started to notice that those conversations went a lot better because I wasn't just giving them everything under the sun. I was tailoring the conversation to who I was talking to, like whether it was a hiring manager that had an engineering background or an HR representative just there to represent the company and try to fill the open roles that, that they had or whatever the case may be. So that was the first thing that I just did kind of automatically. You know, once you once you start getting feedback for how things go when you try stuff out, you can start making adjustments accordingly. So I inadvertently had this like career feedback loop where as I was talking to all these people, I was realizing that like this conversation wasn't going anywhere and they didn't actually want to talk to me. So I found better ways to position myself so that I was more relevant to their company. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it, like you're only getting hired by these companies to solve problems for the company. And if you can't solve problems to the company or at least communicate the fact that you can solve these problems for the company, they they could care less. They really could. And this this comes more into play with some of the students and clients that I work with that have years of experience. Like we're talking decades worth of experience and they're ready to make a move. It isn't about going back to school. It's about leveraging what you have in the right way and positioning it accordingly. And how you position yourself really is everything. Because if you can show and demonstrate that you know what you're doing and you can communicate that effectively to the right person, then you will be all set. Like everything will start to take care of itself. And so what I did was, is I would go through this career fair and I would give them the resume. I would, you know, small talk for lack of a better word. And I ended up leaving that career fair with nothing. So I went there with this, well, I guess I left with no resumes, but I also left with no actual job prospects. So I didn't get a summer internship, didn't get any interviews from that experience. And I did some reflecting on that, right? Because my goal was to get an internship for the summer. It must have been like six to nine months away from summertime. And just as a you know, common 
common knowledge for for people and even people in my program like you, you want to give yourself some time to let the process happen because most jobs you don't just get hired on the spot there is a process and there is a timeline for when they're filling different roles and for summer internships you usually want to give yourself six months to get that sorted out so I went back to my um, dorm room and I reflected on that horrible experience at this career fair and even to this day, I'm I'm kind of a little bit like under the weather when it comes to career fairs. Every time I think of going to a career fair, I always think back to that experience and like how almost mortifying it was to like go there and, you know, put yourself out there and just really not feel like you're in the right place or at least not feel like you're doing it correctly. And what I will say is it, it does get better over time. And as you have more experience, you have more things to talk about and you're able to position yourself better it does get better. And so my my big takeaway for this, and if you're in this position as well, if you are going to career fairs or you're putting yourself out there for a career opportunity that requires some level of expertise, keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. You have to get you know enough reps in to feel confident doing it. And you have to get enough reps in to get enough feedback to know whether or not what you're doing is right. There's this you know, common principle about uh, what we call small data. And this is like, goes back to statistical significance, right? So when you're working with small data, you can, you can make interpretations off of groups of 30. And so my, my biggest, my biggest uh, tip would be, you know, if you're going to go to a career fair, talk to 30 people, use the same positioning, use the same messaging, use the same exact stuff, introduce yourself the same way, be after the same outcome and see what happens. And just take a mental note or take some notes as you're having these conversations. What went well? What went wrong? Like, how can you improve? Are you talking to the right people? Are you talking to the wrong people? Because I've noticed if you're a very technical person and you can link up with the actual hiring manager, which nine times out of 10 is an engineer, and you talk tech with them and you explain all the stuff that you're working on and you're, you know, you're sharp and you're positioned well, you will get called back you will get called back. It's when you get linked up with people that are non-technical and you start spewing technical jargon and they're like, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. So they don't actually know whether or not you're qualified. So then it's you know hit or miss as to whether or not you actually get seen by the person that might be hiring you. So I left that career fair, didn't have any prospects, went back to my dorm and decided to figure out what else I could try. And, you know, a lot of times we think that we've tried everything when we really haven't. We've just tried one thing a bunch of times or we've tried one thing once and then we're like, ah, it doesn't work, so I'm not going to do it. Um, and that's just uh, lazy, for lack of a better word. And so what I did was is I decided, you know what, like these people don't really understand robotics. That was the common feedback, the common denominator of my experience at that career fair is every single time I introduced myself as somebody studying robotics and working in robotics and having a good understanding of robotics, they had no clue what I was talking about. So I had this brilliant idea of thinking about all of the people that already knew about robotics that would love to have somebody else that knows about robotics working for them. And so what I did was is I just went on a, a search, you know, this massive internet search. And I just started looking for all these opportunities where people that were working on robots, potentially they were hiring, potentially they had opportunities for undergrads, for 
for engineering students studying robotics. And I came across an opportunity where I could do some research at the University of Pennsylvania at UPenn in their robotics lab. And I'm thinking, bingo, this is like the exact perfect fit. Why? Because this is a robotics lab with a career opportunity working on robots. So of course they're going to want somebody that is studying robots. It's an academic opportunity. And it's I'm talking to somebody that understands what robots are. So that like completely made it a winner because I didn't have to explain why robotics was valuable. They just already knew because that's what they did. Right. So I found a better person to talk to and I applied for that role. I interviewed for that role. I got called back for their full interview process and I actually landed that job. And I was the youngest person there. I was 19 years old and I was doing pretty awesome research. I was doing humanoid research and drone research at UPenn. Got to do a lot of like presentations and, you know, a lot of the stuff that I want to say like masters and PhD students were doing at the time. And a lot of this work uh, was like imperative for me getting my start in the robotics industry because it gave me an understanding of how to navigate the academic side of robotics. So a lot of the students that I work with, they want to know like, should I get a master? Should I get a PhD? Should I go to corporate? Should I go to a startup? How, like, what's the order of operation and in which order does it make sense? And because I had that experience so early on, I met a ton of people that had a ton of experience working as researchers in the robotics industry with extensive network in across robotics, both academia and across the industry. And it's given me kind of this mental roadmap of how to go about getting certain places in the robotics industry as fast as possible. Because if, if you don't know, you don't know, and then you end up taking like the long roundabout way. And there is an order of operations, right? You don't want to be taking, you know, so many different degrees if your end goal is, you know, option A versus option B. And a lot of what I do in my mentorship program is I explain that. So based on the student's goal and where they want to end up in their career, if they see themselves going back to school later on in life, if they see themselves only working in corporate or they see themselves only working at a startup, we kind of create that map based on where they're at in the most accelerated way. And I'm so thankful that I failed my first career fair as a robotics engineer because it it's given me the experience to know like when you have a challenge, you can look back at the information that you're given. In my case, the people I was talking to, they had no clue about robotics was. So it gave me the idea to do the opposite. Okay, go find some people that do know what robots are and do appreciate robotics and do need help. And because of that, I was able to get into this awesome research opportunity at such a young age, and it really set a great foundation for the rest of my academic career and the rest of my corporate professional career. And now I get to bring all of those skills to all the students that I've served and help them get into different avenues in the robotics industry. So I'd highly recommend if you're in this position where you're like, I don't know what to do next, think about all the things you've done. Find all the similarities. See if you can do the opposite. Run in that direction and just keep trying. Use small data. Keep running some mini tests. See what see what works, see what doesn't work. And then at the end of the day, just do more of what works. 
And if you'd like my help getting to the next level in your robotics career, my robotics mentorship program is open. You can go to learnrobotics.org slash podcast to sign up. That's learnrobotics.org slash podcast. You can sign up. I'm taking applicants in North America right now because I am texting everybody because I do a lot of work directly with my students. I want to make sure it is a good fit and that, you know, we're, we're a good fit to work together. We're good at, you know, from a communication standpoint and from your career goals, because at the end of the day, it's your career. I'm just here to help you get to where you want to be a little bit faster so you can avoid all the mistakes and, you know, the past 10 years of learnings that I've gone through and you can just get there, you know, in the next 90 days and upgrade and reinvent your career. So again, if you'd like to work with me directly, I'm here to help point you in the right direction and provide an expedited way to get results. Go to learnrobotics.org slash podcast, and I will see you guys in the next episode.